You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. Do all this, do all that. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio to download the podcast and watch live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit and catch the recordings on YouTube. Search for Pride of Detroit. I give out. This this thing is just, it's an Ouroboros. It grows. It devours itself. We're everywhere. We have to be everywhere. It's the only way you survive. Just keep growing. Just add more segments to yourself. Get longer. Adapt or die. This is the Pride of Detroit POD cast where we ostensibly talk about the Detroit Lions and I, the chatterbox, the one everyone hates. I'm Chris Perfett, the very adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. We've got a four-man crew here, so I'm going to make it quick to get to everyone. As always, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online on Twitter. Jeremy, hello. Howdy. Welcome back from the bye week, everybody. How excited are we about our Detroit Lions, baby? I didn't, three. Think it, I didn't think it was possible, Jeremy, for people to get mad during the bye week about the Lions. And yet somehow there was about three different ways people got mad about the Lions. It was impressive. And you know what? It, it's, it's kind of impressive, too, in a way, because normally I think all we hear during the bye week is, you know, the, the overused joke every single year of, oh, the Lions can't lose this week. Lions undefeated in the bye week. Ha ha ha. Well, guess what? We still got mad. I don't even think we covered the spread against the bye week. Uh, to find out if we covered the spread against the bye week, we turn to our man, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, uh, your friend Bovada King 69 I do not know who he is, but he, can he give us the background? Like, did, did the Lions cover the spread against the bye week? Yeah, I mean, his identity will remain concealed um, forever. But uh, <laughs> no, they did not cover Dang it. That's unfortunate. There goes that ticket. I was going to check in. Um, yeah. Ryan, Ryan's here. He's <laughs> with his friend Bavada King 69 on the phone. Almost gave something away there. And joining <laughs> us as the fourth man here. Just we, we like to have a guest in during the bye week just to kind of, you know, settle in, ooze out a little bit, spread ourselves out, uh, put up our feet a little bit. And that is joining us now is Big Drew from Big Drew and Jim on 96.1 FM Grand Rapids ESPN at Big Drew tweets. Hello, Drew. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We, we decided we needed someone else who was a chatterbox in here because apparently three of us weren't enough. So. <laughs> no. Always got to add one more voice, you know, a little bit more Always. ingredients in the soup. <laughs> yeah, just until it, it, it boils over, flows over and destroys your stove. That's how you know it's good. 
Like the lions will just go get a new stove, right? You just trade yeah. it out, you switch it in, and then it just breaks again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or you could do what Jeremy keeps saying. Jeremy keeps sending me images of like people boiling. I'm gonna. It was frying. It was a crepe wrapped in spaghetti, <laughs> deep fried in olive oil. That was a massive waste of olive oil. I'm mad. But that that was my intentions. Speaking yeah. of mad, though. Yes. Speaking of mad, <laughs> let's talk about I said there were three ways the Lions somehow lost against the bye week. Let's talk about the first one, because, folks, I wasn't intending to talk about Matt, trading Matthew Stafford. And I think you guys, you, Ryan, Jeremy, you touched on it in the mailbag. Forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, that you weren't really interested in talking too much about that right now. Is that correct? I mean, it's always a topic I kind of want to avoid because, I mean, for the first 10 years of his career here, like it always seemed to pop up at times in which like it just wasn't appropriate to have a conversation about trading Matthew Stafford, either because one, he was playing really well or two, his contract pretty pretty much made it impossible to trade him. But we're getting to a point right now where we're dangerously close to where this should be a conversation that be had. And it all kind of sped up on mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon because of a, a very specific event that happened in week five ryan yeah i mean am i the resident deck prescott injury expert because i guess I, <laughs> there, there's I kinship there like, yeah okay. yeah <laughs> um i mean his wasn't so bad because it was only at one spot versus mine was in two not a big deal um but yeah i mean dak prescott's injury definitely leaves the cowboys shorthanded if you don't think that the red rocket can get it done and <laughs> but that's why they went out and got andy dalton so I think what's interesting about the Stafford trade rumors and is is yes, like the the marriage with the Dallas Cowboys has long been foretold because of his ties to the state and because of the Dallas Cowboys and their America's team, blah blah blah. But it what what's interesting is that there's numerous teams that I mean we understand that the NFL their their windows and they're very short, and you have the 49ers who have a good defense, um, supposedly until they you know give up a 40 burger to the to the fins but like <laughs> i mean jimmy g is he their quarterback he just got benched for cj bethard um right. the dallas situation i mean th- th- there are just multiple situations around the league that seem like they're one matthew stafford caliber quarterback away from maybe this could be our year Drew, I, I wanted to bring this to you before I throw my own thoughts in there, because I know you you and uh, Jim were talking about this today, too. Like, this is really reared its ugly head, and, like, fans are really starting to... I don't know if they're warming up to it, but it, it's another sign, I feel, that everyone's ready for the hard rebuild to go. And unfortunately, I think they realize that calculus means Stafford might be a part of it. It's It's, it's a matter of whether or not you agree on... The value that you can get back for Stafford, if it, if the season season is even salvageable, or just any other factors moving forward, just just your thoughts on it. Well, I like that you guys bring up, <clears throat> excuse me, the amount of situations around the league that seem like they would be cured with a simple injection of Matthew Stafford into the team. And I think the only reason that Dallas having that availability brings Matthew Stafford up one, absolutely the hometown connection, and two. No other team has Jerry Jones at the helm pulling the trigger whenever he feels like it. The the wildness of Jerry and his ability to make deals in season is something that makes this even worth discussing. And it was absolutely tailor-made for sports talk radio. I, as much as you guys are like, we're hesitant to do this. I'm like, spectacular. Monday of the bye week, I've got Stafford trade rumors. My job got a whole lot easier today. 
And predictably, the phone lines lit up. People did want to talk about this because you guys are right. I think fans with the internet age are educated enough to know that prior to about this season, trading Matthew Stafford was cap suicide. It really was. It, it was a stupid idea simply because you wouldn't have the money to do anything else. And now we've reached the point where the conversation can come up. You know, we talk about other situations that could use a quarterback injection and Matthew Stafford's name comes up. Well, why not Matt Ryan? The Falcons are a worse team. They already fired their coach and GM. I was going to go here. Yeah. Because Matt Ryan is cap suicide kids. 75 million, I believe in dead cap space. If they try to move him this year. Matthew Stafford is, I believe, uh, less than half of that. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's why it's coming up. But as you guys are saying, it's hard to want to move on from a guy who has at times played so well. And yet this year, I think the other reason it's palatable, and, and I hate being the guy to go there, he's not playing as well as he has in the past. He's simply not as accurate as he's been before. And that's not to say he's playing poorly. He's still Matthew freaking Stafford. But it's what makes the idea palatable to fans when he's not being superhuman Stafford. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Matt Ryan because, I mean, well, the Falcons are to come back up on this show here in just a little bit. Don't worry, spoiler alert for our next segment. We start talking about the coaching staff and something else the Falcons seem to have gotten ahead of on the Lions on. But uh, yeah, you brought up the dead cap. It is for Matt Ryan this year's 75 million, almost 76 million versus Stafford. Right now, 38. This is kind of the Jeremy. This is the year where the cap hit on Stafford's only tw- about 22 million next year. He does go up. Whereas for Matt Ryan, I believe like this is the cheapest year for Matt Ryan before like it blossoms. Like I think the Falcons only paid him in cap about about 19 million this year. Next year, they pay him 40 million. Right. So yeah. that's yeah, like. And the, the financials are, are a big part of this equation still. Like, like I said, we're, we're finally towards the part of Stafford's contract where we can start talking about it, but it's still a big financial hit if you decide to move on from not only this year, but next year. I mean, basically, it, it's going to cost them almost $25 million in dead cap in 2021 if they decide to move on from him now. Mm-hmm. It would cost them about $10 million more, $34 million, $35 million to keep him on the team. So you save $10 million, but you're still paying him or you're still paying towards the cap $25 million just to not have him on your team. And so when we're talking about all this finance and stuff, the, the underlying issue here is who's your GM and how is that going to play into everything? Because... I mean, I wrote an article today on Pride of Detroit talking about, well, this isn't going to happen right now because Bob, Bob Quinn would be committing career suicide by yeah, trading you, Matthew Stafford. We saw what happened with this team without Matthew Stafford last year. They went 0-8. If this team goes anything close to that without Matthew Stafford in 2020, Quinn's got to be gone. And so now he just made an extremely bold move, and the next GM is the one that's going to have to clean up the mess. And and maybe it's actually not a mess. Maybe they get a first and a second round pick or something like that, and that's great for them. But they are also going to have that $25 million crater in dead cap uh, that the new GM is going to have to deal with. So I don't think it happens at all, but this does kind of bring into question, and, and it's something we'll talk about in the next segment, like if the Lions were to make a move before the trade deadline, which is a month away, Whoever is the acting GM, this could be a bold move that they make for the future of the franchise. Is there any chance that GM Ryan would be Bob Quinn? Because I feel I, I kind of agree with Jeremy there. If you're if you're trading Stafford and you're still Bob Quinn, 
you're basically saying you're throwing in the towel in the season and you're in a rebuild mode. And I think the Fords have made it pretty clear. They, they, you were here to win now. So I don't know. I I don't think that, I don't think that Bob Quinn has enough fingers on that monkey paw. Like he, (laughs) he had, he had the opportunity to, to claim his own coach. He had an opportunity to get, you know, how many drafts in are we now in five? 16, yeah. 17, yeah. 18, 19, and a couple 20, top I mean, 10 picks and yeah. a couple top 10 picks if if bob quinn was interested in fixing the quarterback problem or changing it up wouldn't he have really entertained the idea of two f you know at three wouldn't he have entertained the idea of justin herbert at three like i think that just because the situation changed like taking jeff okuda was clearly a hey we need depth at cornerback we need to be good this season because my job is on the line Trading Matthew Stafford, as Jeremy just said, is signing your letter of you know resignation right there on the spot if you trade Matthew Stafford. But I think we're missing one very important thing, guys. If a Matthew Stafford trade rumor happens and Kelly Stafford doesn't weigh in, is the, did the trade rumor even happen? <laughs> Schroed, is that is this Schrodinger's? Uh, God is is if, if I call if I call rumor? her a if I call her a wag is that offensive? I know that's like the Euro term. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> maybe. And to be clear, I don't think there's been any like substantial actual rumors. I think this is just fans saying like connecting dots here, um, basically yeah. saying, oh, look, Stafford, Detroit. Mm. Hey, you know, what would also be fun. Stafford get coached by Kellen Moore. That'd be kind of fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that that happens too much. That's that's such a millennial thing, man. It's like, hey, you're, you've been at this company. You're so old. And guess what? You're, you're now getting like your boss is much younger than you. <laughs> No, and guys, I, I think there's there's been nothing, and, and you guys are right, there's been nothing to substantiate any of this. There there yeah. really hasn't been, other than it's the Cowboys, which means it's mm. possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jerry's Jerry's crazy. And yeah, I think I think you're right. People have been playing up the Highland Park uh Texas roots. And did you know he went to the same high school as Clayton Kershaw and all the <laughs> blowing your mind. Oh my but, goodness. Yeah. But I I don't know. I don't think this is something. Jeremy, I think a lot of this is predicated on people expecting this to happen midseason because the Cowboys would want it, would want to win. Now, I just don't see this happening in, as you say, for all the reasons Ryan brought up, in the middle of a season. If there is going to be a trade for Stafford, it will happen in the off season. Yeah, and it will be that, predicated on what you get on as far as uh, trade value. I don't think at this point can you even get a. I, I, I'll ask this as my main question. I'm sorry, but let me try to reformat and bring my line there. At this point, can you even get a first rounder for Stafford if you did trade him in the offseason and the in the Lions crater? A, a lot will depend on how the rest of the season plays out, but I think so. I th- and I think the Lions, if they aren't getting a first round pick, they they keep him like that. Ten million dollars in, in cap space that you save is not worth it. I mean, you can still go ahead and draft a quarterback, depending on, you know, if this team's drafting in the top 10, the top five. We could very well see that, but then maybe just go the, the route that the Packers seem to go and, and keep Matthew Stafford around, keep him as your starter while you're developing the rookie. Um, it, like I said, it, it's just not that much saving, at least for year one. Year two, maybe you can talk about cutting him or trading him. But I think if you're not getting at least a first round pick for him, then then there's really no reason to let it go. I only th- The only reason a midseason trade, I think, would be smart for this team is because I do think there's more value there. I think you can you can find a desperate team that, that really wants to win now and get that extra half season in there. The question then is, but like we said, like the only, the, the big bump in the road there is who's the GM that's pulling 
that trade. And if if the Lions fire Bob Quinn before the trade deadline, it, who is it? Is it going to be Sheila Ford Hamp that pulls that trade? I mean, who's going to be the acting GM? Is it going to be someone within the ranks there that's been around the the Lions organization? Is it just going to be, I don't know, er, Ernie Acorsi? Is he going to come in and then pull the trade? Like, <laughs> it, all of that makes it very unrealistic that I think uh, we, we see a midseason trade with Matthew Stafford. But I do think that it, it's it's very much a, a, a conversation to be had in the offseason. It's probably something we're going to continue to talk about as the season goes on, depending on, you know, the results of the rest of the season. But yeah, I think... I think if you're not getting a first round pick to go back to your original question, you, you don't even you, you hang up immediately, essentially. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I, I guess the big thing is like, I know everyone's already starting to mock a quarterback to the Lions just because it seems to be that, you know, it, everyone wants to tank for Trevor, even though there's a few teams in front of the Lions. It's gonna be a mad dash for Trevor, I think, with how many teams are this damn bad right now in the season. And I mean, is it what's like you want that capital because maybe the idea is you want to move up in the draft, but I'm just trying to game plan out here. And I know you probably have a better foresight on this than me. I how are you how would you even handle this right now? Do you keep Stafford so you would train in that new quarterback or are you just trying to get it now and then just hope you can pull the trade come the draft? Well, here's the problem, you know. Drew brings up a good point when he says, you know, Matthew Stafford hasn't been the Matthew Stafford that we're accustomed to seeing. And this mm-hmm. is Matthew Stafford after two back injuries now. Now, am I saying that those things are related to one another? Who knows? But his play is definitely not Matthew Stafford-esque. And then Jeremy brings up another good point. Like, the only way I think that you're going to get a first-round pick is if you capitalize on a team that's desperate enough at the trade deadline and they see that window closing and they're hoping that Matthew Stafford can be the stick that they, you know, stick in there and keep it open for long enough that they can maybe, you know, take a shot in the playoffs with Matthew Stafford, something we as Lions fans haven't really seen a whole lot. Um, But if Matthew Stafford plays well, you want to keep him around. Like, doesn't everybody remember how bad it was around here before Matthew Stafford was the quarterback? Like, I mean, don't don't, don't we realize, like, how many seasons it was? You know, (laughs) Drew's raising his hand because he's like, I, friend, I. But that truly is it. Like, if Matthew Stafford plays well enough, like, is he worth trading, Drew? I mean, if he plays well enough, and, and I think the big key is is what you guys are both hitting on, is it's it's got to be in season because that's the only way you're leveraging enough that it's going to be worth it, not just to the team, but to the fan base. And, and I think part of this is if this new GM, interim GM, or God forbid, Sheila herself is pulling the trigger on this, you have to get enough value to sell it to the fan base. And I think you have to sell it to Matt Stafford too because I think the big thing to me is that this franchise has a lot of ill will from players currently in the league and big influence players outside of the league. Calvin Johnson doesn't miss taking a shot at the Lions when he gets a chance to. Darius Slay will fire up a microphone any chance you give him to tell you how much he dislikes this franchise. Even even Still. the very quiet Indomitian Sue weighed in this weekend. Oh, yes, the, the picture of peace Indomitian Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people look at this franchise and they, they see the franchise that chased off Barry. They see the franchise that tried to get money back from Calvin. And I think if they become the franchise that does Matthew Stafford dirty, that's three strikes and you're going to have a hard time attracting premier free agents, which I think you already do have a hard time with. So if you trade Stafford, it has to be one, impressive to the fan base, two, impressive to the organization, and three, agreeable to the Staffords. The last thing you want is an Instagram rant from Kelly about how dare you (laughs) give up her man for less than two firsts. 
That I mean, that's Man. a really good point because I feel like a lot of people kind of treat the NFL as as very transactional. And, and yes, there there's a very business oriented part of it, and and a lot of teams trade away good players and you know Richard Sherman went off against the Seahawks but the Seahawks are still viewed as a very respectable organization and and things like that but this isn't Madden you can't just swap names and expect like that's it no like there's a fallout when you trade a big player and and us in Detroit should really know that considering all the the good and and well-liked players that have been traded from this team in the past two or three years so I'm I'm really important I'm really glad you brought up the the important aspect of just like the feels the feels are important, Jerry, but don't you know, that's the Patriot way. Bill Belichick <laughs> doesn't care. He will ship you out of town. Don't, haven't you listened enough to me? I know what I'm talking about. Bill Belichick. No, Bill Belichick actually is apparently nice to work with and isn't that heartless either. But uh, yeah, people, I, I, I agree with you. People have a very like, it's not just transactions, not just playing Madden. People just assume that it's like these, these players are suborn to you. And they'll just, you know, go where go where I say, you know, they're just action figures, man. Yeah, I just want to just want to move them around like, well, they make so I, much money. How do they have feelings? They can afford to not have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sleep on that pile of money. No, I yeah. think so. I think the big issue here central to all this, though, we're all talking massive hypotheticals. But I think you guys hit right on is that you almost have a kind of conundrum on your hands in that the only place where it makes sense to move it, as Ryan was saying, is is midseason. But if you're if it's Bob, Bob Quinn can't make that move midseason. So it can't. So basically we're saying before November 3rd, if Stafford's going to be moved, Bob Quinn has to be out the door and it has to be someone else making that making that move. Right. And, and then do you trust that whoever that person is? Uh, yeah, we don't even know who number be, two is. Do, do you trust that person to get the most out of a Matthew Stafford trade? Mm. With this organization? <laughs> Come on. In, in, this, in this economy? economy? There it is. <laughs> Man, we're all in the same way. Like, all right, well, let's take a break here. I think we just want to leave it there for right now. Like, we have plenty of time before anything actual happens, but we're all bored in the bye week. And, uh, this came up and there's a lot of cratering teams out there. I said we would come back to the Atlanta Falcons. Guess what? The Atlanta Falcons, I think, did something else, did something this week along with the Cowboys that made Lions fans take their second mental L of the bye week. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Yes, we're talking about coaching again, general managers firing. Ryan and Jeremy got into it in the mailbag. I haven't had my chance to jump in, and I want some takes from Drew, too. We're here with Big Drew from Big Drew and Jim. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, where we, the trio, are joined by Big Drew at Big Drew Tweets from 97.90. Uh, excuse me, geez. Wow, 96.1. God. 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 Ah. No, I'm kidding. I don't, tick, I don't care. Tick. No, I'm I don't sorry. Care. 96.1. Uh, in in Grand Rapids, uh, we have something here from Twitch chat. I've heard Drew knows nothing about football from a certain former Michigan Wolverines mother. Wow, we're gonna go there, huh? Yeah, wow. Uh, I don't even know what that is about. We're just gonna leave oh, that there. Yeah, oh. um, we might have been talking trash about a certain former Michigan defensive lineman, and his mother might have called the show to <laughs> say, "Well, you boys don't know anything about football." <laughs> <laughs> and we we play that drop constantly. It was Rashawn Gary's mother. Rashawn Gary's mother called oh, our show. Oh wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, my co-host took some particular shots at her son's lack of uh, statistical production at Michigan, <laughs> and and I kept trying to cover like, no, ma'am, I understand. He was doing the job. He was eating up blocks. He was great. And uh, Jim doesn't know how to uh, talk to a woman in general, let alone <laughs> an angry mother. So that is fantastic. That is absolutely a true story. We actually won an MAB award for that phone call. So that was great. Yeah. You guys don't know football from Rashawn Gary's mom. Funny things happen. Anyway, let's talk. Speaking of funny things, not so funny things, the coaching, the coaching staff and the, and the general manager. So this week somehow saw goodbye both since we last talked with the lions, we have seen goodbye to both. Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. I said the Falcons would come back up and we've said goodbye to the other pay, uh, uh, Belichick disciple out there. Bill O'Brien, big B.O.B. Bob. He's gone in Houston and Houston responded to that almost a Jeremy, almost a player rebellion in Houston, just an out and out play, like J.J. Watt suddenly was like leading a rebellion, which is like I didn't think that was in his circuitry to do that. But that happens. Bill O'Brien, who was both the general manager and the head coach who made one of the worst trades in NFL history, get rid of DeAndre Hopkins is out. And now two teams have now beaten the Lions to be the first to fire a head coach this year. And I think some fans are starting to really salivate at the prospects. It's starting to get grim in the NFL. Pink slips are getting handed out. I don't it's not going to happen during the bye week here. But uh, pressure's on now from fans. And I guess my question to you to start is, are, is there any realistic chance this this gets turned around at this point? Because everyone's out for Patricia right now. Uh, it, it's really hard to know. Um, there's not a lot of promising signs at this point. The most promising sign is probably the schedule. You know, I think four of the next seven are, are teams that have one win or fewer. Um, so that's that's promising this week against the Jags is a really good chance to at least delay that conversation. Of course, it's also an opportunity to potentially do the exact opposite and, and expedite <laughs> it really, really fast if they don't win that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never know how a team's going to look out of the bye week. I, I do believe Patricia when he says this, because we hear it from a lot of coaches that you see a lot of sloppy football in September. 
Um, teams do get better as the year go on. Year goes on, and you know, with the shortened off season, with a lot of new pieces on defense, there's a chance that they maybe get it all together. But before I believe that that's going to happen, I need to see at least one smidge of of evidence that it will happen, and I don't have that yet. So. My, I mean, I, I put up a post earlier this week on Pride Detroit. What do you think the Lions record is going to be in those next seven games against bad opponents? My answer was three and four. I think that's enough to delay this conversation. I don't think it's enough to save his job at the end of the year, though. Three and four, I would say end of the year, you're still getting fired. Ryan, what's the threshold at this point? What I guess, where, where are your thresholds for like midseason versus keeping him in the offseason? What would you need to see for either one? Well, here's the thing. The, the Lions have a date with Jacksonville this week, right? And mm-hmm. there is red hot fever for that game because Jacksonville is circling it as, hey, here's where we can turn around our season. The Lions are circling that game and saying, hey, here's where we can turn around our season. If the the, the loser of that game is going to have a hard time showing face, they really mm-hmm. are. I mean, if, if Matt Patricia comes out of the bye week and loses to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and if it's in his like as convincing fashion as either the Packers loss or the Saints loss. I, I I really don't know how you justify keeping him around. I really don't. I mean, that 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 is just like the the cherry on top, the start of like the first quarter of the season just being an absolute disaster. Drew, what would it look like? What would the calls sound like if the if Gardner Minshew just throws all over Detroit? I mean, first of all, Minshew Mania could run wild on you, brother. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, you know, the, the calls would light up. I mean, it would be it would be pitchforks, it would be torches, it would be blood. They'd want blood. If if the Lions lose to the Jags, my Monday after that is going to be both miserable and fun, like at the same time, because Caller's misery I don't enjoy. Jim's misery I do enjoy. So <laughs> Um, he's already, by the way, acquired a Jags hat for this weekend. He is that guy who is now a fan of whoever the Lions are playing against. We have a oh, no. Mark Brun- yeah, oh yeah, we have a Mark Brunel card in the studio that we look at every day when we come in, and I just enjoy it because I enjoyed watching Brunel play. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that was that was my team in my in like my first Madden game was those Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor Jaguars. So. Oh yeah, that was that fire. Yeah, Keenan McCardell. That was what was up. Um, <laughs> Good point. Thank you. Uh, it's it's. I think that you guys have nailed it in that if they lose to the Jags, it very much so speeds up the process. However, I don't know if it ends the process because they're going to look at it and go, well, we could bounce back next week. And you guys have heard Matt Patricia, a, a guy who I last year believed had changed. I don't know if you guys are like, I feel burned. That's part of why I think I've been crying for the guy to get fired is I, I feel burned. I feel like the guy last year sold me. I've changed. I was drinking from the fire hose in season one, but I've adjusted now. And now year three, we're back to the same stubborn, arrogant guy we had in year one. I, I think if he loses to Jacksonville, you're not going to be able to hear what he has to say over the cries of fans to fire him and run him out of town. I think if he beats Jacksonville, you're not going to be able to hear the fans over how proud of himself he is. <laughs> that that might be true. I mean, I, I get what you're saying about Matt Patricia. And in part, I agree. Like he's had some really ugly moments this year in postgame pressers. And I think there is, I think the trajectory was he was probably drinking from the fire hose that, that first year. He settled in in year two. Now with everything on the line, he's probably a little frustrated seeing that things haven't turned around Job's very much on the line at this point. And yeah, he, he let loose a couple of really bad quotes, whether it was about, you know, the team he inherited or 
the, the Super Bowl play from five years ago that he's still cashing checks for. Really dumb move. But in general, I, I think those are still more the outlier of him. I think I, I think in general, he's kind of a humble guy. He 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 takes all of the blame every week. And, and I know that doesn't matter to anyone if 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 they're not actually improving. Um, but I, I do want to say, like, this isn't a great matchup for the Lions this week. And I don't want to get too much into the Jaguars game, but their offense is actually kind of good. James Robinson is killing it right now at four, six a carry. Minshew's got almost 100 passer rating. Like, this is a game the Lions could very well lose considering their defense has been so bad. And if they can't stop him, even though, you know, they're a one in four team and, and most people think they're really, really bad in terms of matchup, it's not great for the Lions. So I do think we, we could be in for a very, very noisy next Monday. Very, very noisy. Um, I, Ryan, what happens? What what would happen if? Uh, well, I sorry, I, I'm I'm I've got two things running through my mind. One is that not only do you have the Jaguars deal with then, and you know if if they lose the Jaguars, it is blood out there. But there's a lot of other places in the schedule to embarrass yourself here because the next few teams, Falcons, Colts, Vikings. Right now, there's only I think I th- there's four wins between the three of them. Yeah, and I mean, if you take a look at a team like Minnesota, I think at the beginning of the season they showed their ass, but they might be you know, an example of what Jeremy said. There's sloppy football in September, and I truly think the Minnesota Vikings are better than the Chicago Bears, and the Lions lost to the Chicago Bears. I don't care that it was a DeAndre Swift drop away from a you know win for the Lions. Like They, they got embarrassed by the Bears, and they, they could just as easily get embarrassed by the Vikings. The, the Colts have a heck of a defense, and if anybody can make... If anybody can make Philip Rivers look at like weekend at Bernie's, it's going to be the Detroit Lions defense. That's for sure. Um, and I didn't even throw Washington in there, by the way, too. I mean, if they if they even touch Alex Smith, I'll be down there breaking COVID protocol and waving my <laughs> katana at every single Detroit Lion defender. <laughs> the that honor man, of Alex Smith. Kinship. <laughs> <laughs> you, him and uh, Dak now, huh? There's 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 blazers we get, but they go around your calf. <laughs> <laughs> Family reunion can't stop us, won't stop us. So let me let me ask a question. How yeah. bad does it have to get for them to move on from both? Let, let's throw Quinn in here, too. Mm-hmm. How bad? How much? How many of these next seven games do they have to drop to really consider that midseason firing? Because I think we're all kind of kind of beating around the bush here saying like they probably don't do a midseason firing, but if they lose to some of these bad teams, and I think we all agree that's certainly within the realm of possibilities, it, I think it could happen. The question is just where, where does Sheila Fordhamp draw that line? And it, obviously it's hard to know since we don't know Sheila Fordhamp, but you know, put yourself in that situation. At, at what point are you pulling the, the trigger here? Man, uh, I'm going to jump in first here just because I, I do want to point this out real quick because in, in Houston, you had a situation where, as we've talked about, Bill O'Brien pulled one of the most boneheaded moves in recent NFL history, trading away Nuke for what was left of a running back and a couple of picks, I guess. Yeah. So you have that issue. You also had the players openly revolting against him at practice. So multifacet there, combine it with not winning, and he's gone. Dan Quinn still had not won a football game when he was fired. Matt Patricia, even if it was a mirage in the desert, won a football game this year. I think it's going to take, honestly, they lose 
three of the next four or four of the next four and and they might fire him and i'm still not sold that it's going to happen then and here's the other reason that i'm sitting on who's taking over when you fire matt patricia right yeah there's no one in the building no in atlanta they at least like raheem morris and raheem morris seems really well-rounded i don't know if you guys know much about the guy's background in atlanta they brought him on on defense switched him over to offense for a year. Then he switched back to defense, back to... He's done everything with every player they've got. Raheem Morris is a guy they might actually keep as a coach if he does well. You really want Daryl Bevel, who forgets he has tight ends that they've invested a ton in, running yeah, this in, entire team? And in Houston, as much as, much as he's had kind of a shade of like an up-and-down pass, you could go to Romeo Cornell. He's had the head coaching experience. And players like him. yeah. There's no one in Detroit that says past head coaching experience or coming up and up like you're right. Like, I mean, I mean, the, the one name that I've seen a lot of Lions fans throw out there is Braden Coombs, the special teams coordinator. And he does seem like an up and comer, but this is his first time as a coordinator this year, taking the jump to head coach in the exact same year. Like that's that's a leap of faith. And and maybe it doesn't even matter it, once you once you pull the trigger here, the season's over anyway. So you're just sure. kind of throwing someone in there and it. You know, if he, if he goes two and six, that's a, that's basically a success. Yeah, you at least though need someone to keep the lights on. I was just looking up here. I was hoping in my narrative addled mind to see if Matt Patricia could potentially bypass Rod Marinelli's record, but there's still there would be at least uh, I believe thirteen losses for that to happen. So uh, no, but I think listen, I, I laid out the five upcoming games that I'm terrified of Jaguars, Falcons, Colts, Vikings, Washington. For the record, I already think they lose that Colts game unless just things massively turn around or we get another three turnover burger from Phillip Rivers, which granted could happen, could happen. But all those other teams up in the air, you know, you got the Panthers, the Texans, the road to Thanksgiving is uh I think the Fords would see that if they're watching, they would see that as you should probably get through there with a winnable record, maybe 500. I think, though, if you only come out to if you are if we're at Thanksgiving and you've only got two wins on the season, maybe even if you only have three wins on the season, Thanksgiving, and then you stink it up against the Texans. I think that's where the midseason comes in the midseason firing comes in. It'll be late. It'll be later than other Lions fans hope. But I think you, you put it on Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving's your big tradition. And if you're just going out there stinking up the joint, like that, that, that might be where you have to finally put the foot down. Ryan. I, I was just going to say, speaking of serving Turkey though, like if Matt Patricia gets fired this season, like that's complete fan service. Like it's, it's, yes. it's not to get like a head start on a coaching search. Like, you can search for coaches while you have one. Like this isn't like marriage. Like you can't go out and like sample everything while you have something else. Like that's, <laughs> that's just not eaten. So like the thing that happens is if they fire Matt Patricia, it is for you, the fan to reinvest yourself into this team because they see things have gone so freaking sideways that the only way to rehab your image and especially with a you know new owner and, and Sheila, like this is her chance to boom, hit the reset button. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's why I almost I'm subconsciously I'm focusing on the narrative and looking at Thanksgiving, because if you want to talk a symbolic firing, a symbolic sacrifice, that would be the time to do it. I, I could be wrong, Ryan. What would you think? 
I mean, I think it's late enough in the season, but do you think that there's any advantage to doing it that late, Drew? No. No, there's there's not. I think the only advantage, though, is, is something that uh, uh, Jeremy brought up earlier, is Braden Coombs. If you're going to hand Braden Coombs the reins to this team, doing it after Thanksgiving, you're kind of minimizing the window that you're asking somebody who's never done it before to be in charge. Maybe that's the plus, where whoever you're putting in charge afterwards, you're not giving them as much of a rope. Um but that's, you know, that's the other thing. Two of the three coordinators on this team had never done it before this season. And, and I'm not a big Daryl Bevel guy. I know a lot of people are, but Daryl Bevel's track record is I have an amazing running back and I do great at coordinator because I have an amazing running back. <laughs> if you check the stats without Adrian yeah. Peterson and Marshawn Lynch, he's a middle of the road coordinator, even when he had Russell Wilson. It's not impressive. And, and the also, fact that, yeah, go, no, go ahead, go ahead, jump in there. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in there. Um, I, oh, I will, I just real quick sidebar here. I do find it interesting when it comes to Daryl Bevel is that when Daryl Bevel leaves town, all of a sudden we are talking about Russell Wilson as unquestioned MVP at this point in the NFL season. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and the one games- part and all of a sudden he's amazing. Yeah, the games Daryl Bevel gets credit for, it really seems like our games where he just says, oh, Matthew Stafford, you're good at throwing a football. You go do that now. That's not hard. <laughs> I could do that. Hey, Matthew, you want to call plays? Go call plays, Matty. Have a great day. We'll check in at halftime with orange slices. Like, I, I, you know, Daryl Bevel's not the guy I want in charge personally. And then I realized for a half season, it can't do a whole ton of harm. But we're not going to see anything exciting on this team. And we're not going to get any more use out of expensive tight ends, which either cost draft picks or money dollars, and we're not using either one. Fair. All right. Well, I guess leader has weighed in. <laughs> Fair, he says. Well, I mean, it was, I mean, it was Jeremy's question, so yeah, we finally the, came the, back around the horn. The one thing I will say, and this is just a tease for the website, is as our good buddy Andrew Cotto is is working up a whole bunch of of film review this entire week, one article per week on the Lions' offense and what what's working, what's not working. And I'll tell you ahead of time, there's a lot that's not working that he's not very happy about. So check check out the site this week for, for those, all that. For those which uh, listening audio only, I'm rubbing my hands right now, like just <laughs> on camera, just like like uh, like bird, like Birdman. Um, okay, uh, sorry, I stumbled over the reference. Uh, two more questions, I guess. One is that: Is there anyone interesting you guys would even? I hate even doing this right now because already there's so many teams throwing their hats in the ranks. I don't even think we're done firing coaches. Like Gase is for sure going to be gone by the end of this year as well. So I, I mean, there's going to be maybe one or two more coaches fired, probably someone that we're not, not anticipating is going to be fired as well. There's going to be a rush for a lot of coaches out there right now. So you got to look beyond Sala and you've got to look beyond Eric Bieniemy, uh, Robert Sala. And so is there anything out there that you guys even see? But I mean, damn, to even bring up the name feels like we're kind of putting a cart before the horse, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, we definitely are. And I feel like of the 10,000, you know, mentions I've gotten on Twitter, either through my account or Pride of Detroit, all I've seen is Soleil and, and, and be enemy. And I'm just I'm ready to mute both those names. I'm ready to just be like, guys, y'all wanted a bunch of guys before and they, they weren't going to work out. Y'all wanted Patricia. Y'all thought that was a great idea. And I just like hitching your wagon to a guy who's a coordinator on a good team 
I don't know. That that's overly simplistic to me. I mean, is yeah. is the enemy really what's going on in in Kansas City, or is it Andy Reid, or is it or the Patrick yeah. Mahomes? It's probably yeah. probably ninety percent Patrick Mahomes, nine percent Andy Reid, and and one percent Eric Bieniemy. Jeremy, that's exactly why on our last podcast, though, I brought up the point, like, if I want a head coach, I I don't care if he's a defensive guru. I don't care if he's an offensive genius. Like, I want a player's coach. And it's not like uh, me pining and and looking back on Jim Caldwell with rose-colored glasses, but it's just me, like, look around the league. Like, it seems like the teams that experience success, they have coaches who are, you know... Fun. Well, We literally just talked about a player's revolt. I was going to say good to play for because I don't know how fun Bill Belichick is, but like Fair. by all accounts, him and Cam Newton get along just glowingly. So like, did, everyone, you, did you see Pete Carroll after the game last night? He's just like, he's jumping up and down. He's, I, I miss that. I miss, I'm well, not, not, not that Jim Caldwell was doing that. I mean, the only time <laughs> I think that guy has ever jumped is that one picture of him at Penn state. <laughs> no, yeah, but right. I, I mean, there, uh, those guys you talk about, even Belichick, like, damn, you hear so many pe- players talk about, how it was to play for him because he's just a different person when the cameras are off or he's a different person when it comes to players. Kind of the same when I talk to people about Nick Saban sometimes like, man, like our, our perception of these guys in the media sometimes is not the, the same as what they really are. And yeah, I drew like these guys get guys to play for them and they have fun. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird thing. Like, and I I like the read of go after a player's coach. I mean, it instantly makes me think of like Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that's that's what I think of when you say players coach guy. People seem to like. Um, I, I will say, you know, if you want me to give uh, like a name or anything, I actually am one of those people. Can I say not Lincoln Riley? Can I say that because yes, yes. like <laughs> everyone keeps saying Lincoln Riley and what's the biggest thing we all hate about the Lions defense is we can't tackle. What's the biggest thing Lincoln Riley can't seem to teach players to do at Oklahoma? <laughs> Tackle. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I like the idea of a player coach, though, and I think that that's very much so something that, like, when you hear the, the Darius Slay stories about Matt Patricia's first impression on him, you realize how crucial it is to win players over and then instill your system. Don't force your system and think that your system will win players over. Win players and then they'll buy your system. I think that's the way it has it has to go. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be a guy who seems like, oh, I'm stumped. For, I think a guy who's eventually going to get a shot at the pro level if he wants it is PJ Fleck. Um, and that's that's a guy who you meet him once, and that guy is infectious. He gets in your infectious bad choice of words in this day and age. I apologize. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I actually met him at Mac Media Days back when he was with uh, Western Michigan, and like I just remember his his aide trying to drag him to the CBS sports net like tv interview but he just kept talking with all of us just because he wanted to and just he's like i want to call him coach by the end of it yeah if i can give two more names from the college ranks too i know david shaw is a a common one and then jeremy's gonna want me to like end the segment as soon as i say this name but i'm sorry i'm in love with him uh lane kiffin (laughs) (laughs) joey freshwater you want joey freshwater yes yes i do why don't you just get him and then get Jim McElwain and we'll all go out on a boat together. It'll be fun. <laughs> I think we should leave it there. Uh, I'm not even, let, let's talk about Bob Quinn after the jump before we get into the quarterly reviews. Uh, we've got quarterly reviews coming up, your yearbook. And this is where we're going to have some fun here. We're going to go around the horn. 
and uh, do probably uh, we're going to look at the past four games and do some Jimmy Kimmel stuff. I think that's the best way to describe it. We're lovingly ripping off other people here. That's what we do on the Pride of Detroit POD cast with Big Drew from 96.1 ESPN Grand Rapids. I should get the call letters here instead of just saying the number, but uh, we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, wrapping up with Big Drew from Big Drew and Jim in Grand Rapids. Uh, again, I said I would look up the 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 call letters there for for there. Uh, that I believe is WMAX. That is correct, sir. There yeah. we go. Well done. Well done. Some some guys in radio, some other guys who I work with in radio, they're geniuses. They know all the call all the call letters by heart. I don't. I have to look those up. Some, yeah. some guys, though, they're encyclopedias for that stuff. It's it's a weird uh, it's a weird obsession for some guys. But that's a, that's a dying. That this is a di- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is like my I love radio. It's kind of a dying, weird obsession. So oh, there are guys who work in radio and there are radio guys there. There is mm-hmm. absolutely a distinction between the two. <laughs> absolutely. And sometimes they overlap. Uh, let's see here. So we're getting on to our quarterly reviews. And uh, we're totally not ripping off uh, Jimmy Kimmel on this, mostly because I don't think it belongs to Jimmy Kimmel. So but we're going to do kind of review mock elections. We've got some rapid fire questions here. We've got the four of us here, myself, Drew, Jeremy, Ryan. We're going to go around here and just like rapid fire on all these and just see what we've got by the end, because this is the end of the bye week. We have to start. We're on to we're on to Jacksonville starting tomorrow. Whenever you hear this, so put this in the, this is our farewell to the rear view mirror. Goodbye to the bye. And we begin with this and we're going to go this order, Jeremy, Ryan, Drew, and then maybe myself, I'll throw in there. I don't want to talk too much. Um, Jeremy, we start with you for biggest disappointment thus far this season. Well, this is I, there are a lot of candidates, unfortunately, for this one, but I think I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. Um, he's a guy that I think the Lions were really expecting a lot of early in the season when Kenny Galladay was down and didn't really get much. And we, we saw him come up with a couple big plays in, in the Cardinals game that, that really helped them win that game. But aside from that, it's been really quiet and it's kind of disappointing. I know we're getting towards the end of his career he's in his 30s at this point, um, but it, it's looking like this is might be a swan song in Detroit, and it's it's not nearly at the level that I think a lot of people were expecting. Ryan, I'm not going to go the player route. I'm going to say it's Daryl Bevel. I think Daryl Bevel is the biggest disappointment so far in Detroit this season because you draft a running back in the second round. Jeremy agrees with me on this one. I know for sure you need more DeAndre Swift. Why isn't Why isn't TJ Hawkinson being more involved in the offense? Why is Matthew Stafford not being Matthew Stafford? I think that there's just something to the play calling. We've gotten so fed up with the run, run, pass thing. I think Daryl Bevel is kind of your biggest disappointment. Drew? I actually am going to flip to the other side of the ball and say it's Corey Undland. Uh, We brought in a new defensive coordinator, and he is continuing to make the same mistakes. No pressure. 
no blitz, and terrible snap rotation for talented players. Why is Will Harris ever out snapping Tracy Walker ever? Never let it happen again. Get him off the field. Make it never happen again. Never let it stop. It's awful. <laughs> Corian Lynn has been a gigantic disappointment. And we, we, we had, why, why is your Okwara a, a healthy scratch? Either one, ever. There's zero pass rush. There's been zero change to this defense. I'm going to go Corey Unlin, biggest disappointment so far. I'm just going to pull the Band-Aid off with my disappointment. Hate to do it, but it is Stafford at this point. Uh, we had sky-high expectations for him. Uh, I may or may not have been on the air with some, <laughs> with some people and made a fool out of myself by saying Stafford would be an MVP candidate this year. So I, maybe I set the bar too high. I don't know. But either way, I think you can look at what happened in 2019. And we all thought, hey, you know, he's going to come back healthy. Revenge, raw, just dominate, dominate, dominate. And no, it's like he's having footwork problems. So your you're 30-some-year-old veteran should not be having footwork problems at this stage in his career. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Stafford is kind of my biggest disappointment. I hate to do it, but them's facts. All right. Biggest reason for a one and three start is our next one. Jeremy linebackers linebackers mm-hmm. are awful. They can't stop the run. They can't cover aside from one good game by Jamie Collins in that Cardinals game. Everyone has been bad you look at Jelani Tavai, they don't know where to put him. They put him all over in that Cardinals game, but he didn't make much of an impact. And then the next week they, they play him for nine steps. Jared Davis is barely seeing the field anymore, but we're not seeing an impact from anywhere, anyone else. Christian Jones isn't making plays. Like I said, Jamie Collins is getting himself thrown out of games. Reggie Ragan is, is, is okay, but he's basically only in there as a rotational guy. Lines can't stop the run. They can't defend the pass. And I think a lot of, like, I would say 90% of those problems fall on the linebackers alone. Ryan? It's a great, great position to, to place the blame, but I'm going to take it back another step, Jeremy. I think it's the defensive backs. I mean... The Lions have been absolutely shredded at will whenever a quarterback wants to do it, even Mitch Trubisky. Like, Mitch Trubisky's problems in the first half of that Bears game were Mitch Trubisky problems. And then the guy who got benched for Nick Foles burns you for, you know, a quarter and a half of football, and that's curtains on on week one. So the defensive backs just, I mean, they were decimated by injuries in that game. Don't get me wrong. But then it was the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. I mean, this last Saints game, Desmond Trufant is not looking like even coming close to being a Darius Slay replacement. So I, you have to say the defensive backs. Drew? All right, I'll take it a step back even further. We'll go eagle eye view. The reason for the one and three start is Bob Quinn. Every player you guys just talked about, he signed. These are Bob Quinn guys. (laughs) He overpaid Coleman, and I'm not going to blame Coleman for being on IR, but when he was healthy last year, he wasn't effective. Trufant, you pointed it out, hasn't come close to the level of replacing Darius Slay. And Jamie Collins and Trey Flowers have simply been former Patriots who are standing around collecting paychecks. Flowers has been disappointing overall. He hasn't altered the way people defend uh, the people, the way people block that defensive line. You don't block specifically for Trey Flowers. You just kind of block Trey Flowers because it's not that hard anymore. I say it's Bob Quinn because he didn't sign anyone who was a difference maker this offseason. I I will say if Jim ever watches this or listens to it, I fought him all offseason that Quinn didn't need to make a big splashy signing. I was wrong. For me, I'm going to kind of go bird's eye a little bit, but kind of 
I, I'm going to get into the bones a little bit here. It's just the scheming in the fourth quarter when it comes down to it. You want to call it dagger time. You want to lay that blame. But I mean, dagger time is just for the offense. We're also including the scheming for the for the defense in the fourth quarter, too. Something about this team, just they forget that they've got that they're on the clock. They forget that they're on the clock on offense. They forget that they're playing from behind and the other team is rocking and rolling. And hey, the, the other team's allowed to, to get more than a seven point lead on you. And yet they remain conservative. They remain complacent. And look, man, I don't know how many more years we got to do this where there's someone up from the opposing locker room who says, hey, yeah, they were playing man coverage and I knew exactly what the Lions were going to do. That's a bit of a throwaway line, but it's emblematic of just so many other problems the Lions having. And by the way, zone zone defense isn't doing much better either for the Lions right now. Like it's just it's. It's bad, man, like the fourth quarter comes and it feels like I can hear the sigh from every fan out there as they realize the Lions are going to have to hold on for dear life if they've got the lead. And then there's just no hope in the fourth quarter if they don't. All right. Most pleasant surprise. I think this round will go pretty quickly. Jeremy. Can, I, I, I want to try something here. Can we all try to answer this at the same time and <laughs> yes. see if we're right? Ready? Right. I don't think Drew knows, it's, but we'll, let's try it. It's let's three, try. two, one, go. Three, two, one, and then on go. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Jackbox. Jack yes. I just wanted to hear what it was. I was going to say Jason Cabinda, but that's a good answer too. <laughs> no, we, we all here on Pride of Detroit love J- our punt god Jack Fox. Do you have a different all answer? I, Jason Cabinda is my only other answer. The converted linebacker to fullback has been <laughs> one of the uh, top three uh, blockers in the league. He's one of the top three all-around fullbacks in the league, and uh, Cabinda has been a shocking surprise. But uh, you know, Latom, your punt god, I, I absolutely, yes. No, I, I, I love where we're at, that the biggest surprises for the Detroit Lions, a team in the National Football League, is a fullback and a punter. I like it. All right, most likely to be... Now, this is where we get into the play. Ryan, did you want to jump in there? No, I was just... This is hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we get into the yearbook stuff here. Most likely to be a Detroit Lion for life. That sounds like a threat, Jeremy. Why'd you write it like this? <laughs> I don't even think that was my... Yeah, that was Ryan. That was Ryan? That was Ryan, Ryan, it sounds like a threat. That's <laughs> ominous. <laughs> Most likely to be a Detroit line for life. I mean, I I guess we can't. Mulebach is a cheating answer, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah, and also yeah, he's already there for life. <laughs> right. Literally. Um, man, that, that's a tough one because I don't think they're, they're going to be a lot. It can't be these Patriots guys, right? Because no. essentially no. they're all going to be gone next year. Uh, maybe like Tracy Walker. I say Tracy Walker. I think maybe the next coaching staff can get him turned around and, and going. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a good answer, Jeremy, is to try to take a guy that you think would just be a successful football player minus Matt Patricia's influence. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to kind of cheat and I'm going to say Matt Prater. <laughs> I don't think he kicks for another team. You never know. I mean, that I, I'm a little shaky there, but you know what? It's your opinion. We got to go through it. Uh, Drew. I am going to go with a guy and I'm going to go based on the way he fits the city. I'll go. Frank Ragnow is a lion for life. Like Ooh, it. I like really it. Yeah. Answer. That's always a good bet to go on the offensive line. True. Uh, as much as I want to go on the offensive line, I'm going to go with a guy and maybe this, I just been smitten by him. He's just shot me through the heart. Just, 
so, so thoroughly. Um, you know what? Audible. I was going to say Deron Harmon. I think I could maybe see that, but I think Kenny Galladay will get locked up and he will Ooh. be a Detroit Lion for life. I'm calling my shot here and I tend to be wrong. I, mean, I was going to say, I'm going to call that the worst bet so far of this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will, I will counter that. I, I would say, I would if there's a line who gets traded this season, it's Kenny Galladay. Ooh, really? Ooh, I'm going to break your heart, Chris. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I like high stakes. This is a high stakes gamble here. I, I'm pushing it all to the table. I'm pushing it all to the uh, center of the table and saying to lay it on black. I was going to say, uh, what, what's the, Ryan, what's the thing your Twitter friend says about uh, scared money? Don't make Robotic money. King. Yes, that's, what <laughs> that, that's very cute that we're calling Bovada King 69 a Twitter friend now. Yeah. That's what I heard. Burner, maybe. Mm. <laughs> all yeah. right. All right. <laughs> all right. These are harsh well, accusations. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Was this you, Ryan, writing this down, or was this Jeremy most likely to succeed elsewhere? This was me, too, because I am the this yearbook teacher not, at my high this, school. That's true. All right. This was not a good week for this. I'm just going to say, because I let's talk about strike three about Lions fans. So you were watching other teams fire their, their head coaches. You were watching uh trade trade rumors starting to swirl for Stafford. And then for some reason, a bunch of y'all were sitting out there watching Travis Fulgham and getting really upset. (laughs) Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, wait, wait, what are we doing here? Like, I get it that other guys going and doing well elsewhere hurts a lot. But Travis freaking Fulgham. I'm not doing this today. I'm sorry. How, how many of you were banging the table for Travis Fulgham two months ago? In training Thank camp? you. Thank Nobody. you. Yeah. Nobody. No. The, the Packers who don't have anyone beyond Devonta Adams couldn't make room for Travis Fulgham. Yeah. Relax. Like sometimes just. Settle down. I know it sucks, but you know what? Not every lion goes somewhere else and succeeds. Like, I mean, I, I was looking up the stock reports for a bunch of Vikings players. All of them say, hey, this was the first week Riley Reef has had a good game. <laughs> When's the last you guys heard of uh, Zach Zenner? See, has he gone on and done ooh, amazing things ooh. for the Saints? Where's Samir Abdullah? He's with the Vikings. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> He's their punt returner. Yeah, but I'm like sorry. Uh, I had to get that off my chest. No, you're good. <laughs> That's fine. Nevin right. Lawson got his first interception yet? No, no, he doesn't. He no. did get fined though. He was at that whole charity event. Of course, he oh, got fined. Right. All right, let's get on with this. Most likely to succeed elsewhere, Jeremy. You know what? I'm I'm going to say Tracy Walker. Screw it. I'm going to I'm going to immediately. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> say, just, just sp- spreading all your chips around on the table. Exactly. Yep. Let's I gotta put it on black and red, and we'll see what there happens. It'll probably show go. up green or whatever. Green. The zeros is that is that right? Zero. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Ryan. Um, Matthew Stafford. It hurts, doesn't it? Wow. Are we going to do this thing like fans did with Justin Verlander where they get really weepy and just really pray for him to do well? I, I really hope not. I, that was I, such I, a guys, I guys, they're already that. doing it. They're already doing it. It's I already can, happening. I couldn't stand it when they did that with Verlander, though. I oh, couldn't. You guys, that's the only reason I can get away with doing trade Stafford on the radio shows. People are like, no, it's the right thing to do. He's earned the right to go win a championship somewhere else. He's a really nice person. I'm like, that, that's what it is. It's already happening. Don't wait like for re- it. It sounds like we're rehoming a dog. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, it's like... He was a Georgia Bulldog. Really, 
Yeah, when it's really like seeing your ex go off with someone way hotter than you and like go do great things. Like you have to unfollow them on every social media platform or else I'm just going to be pissed off at the world. Why didn't it work out with us? You just blasted Gnarls Barkley crazy and just going, I see you driving around town. Oh, God. Um, right. Go, go ahead. What you got for me? Lion most likely to succeed somewhere else. I love Matthew Stafford as an answer. I am going to go with carry on Johnson, get him out of the crowded backfield. Maybe he stays healthy. Maybe he gets a, a fair shake in an offense. That's not making up its mind. If it's pass first or run first, every other down. I almost want to hedge my bet and go and go Kenny Galladay, but I'm going to resist that. I'm going to, I'm sorry. I, I will, I will resist that. I'm not going to put that evil out there. I am going to say DeAndre Swift. I'm going to go with the other running back. Uh, I just, unfortunately, I just don't think there'll be patience in the next coaching staff. But uh, I mean, man, that kid, if you act, if he's actually putting a proper scheme, he's good. I just, I don't think he's going to be much with the Lions just because running back is a weird crapshoot of a game. You know how much it would drive me crazy to see Amir oh. Abdullah and, and then carry on Johnson <laughs> and DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift all not succeed as a guy who is just Second pounding round. the table for stop drafting wide running backs this high. Oh, I mean, it'll, it would prove me right. And I do love being proved right. But at the same time, I would snap this, this pen and get ink everywhere. Take, take it, take it one running back further. Jeremy Javid best too. Ouch. Mm. Come on. All right. This is getting even sadder. <laughs> wow. All right. Most likely to, we got to go fast on these ones here. So most likely to be handsomely rewarded with a contract extension. Talk about contracts here when we're talking about firing people. Uh, Jeremy. I'm, I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do. I'm not going to continue to say Tracy Walker. Frank Ragnow. <laughs> Frank Ragnow. Okay. Okay. That, that's not a sexy pick, but it's the right pick, Jeremy. Um, I was going to say Frank Ragnow as well, but I really think that the team's going to do right and they're going to pay for Kenny Galladay because I, I think they realize that he is a top 10 wide receiver and to let that guy go to open market would just be bozo show. I'm going to roll with Frank Ragnow. I, I think that's the right answer. That's the first thing that popped into my head. I, I think they're going to pay Ragnow and anchor that uh, offensive line. I still think Kenny Galladay is not going to get paid this year. I think it's going to be, you're right. It's listen, it's going to be clown shoes, but I don't think they're going to do it. They balked at paying golden Tate. I think they'll balk at paying Kenny Galladay. Um, I, I'm, I balked a little bit using his name earlier, but I think Duran, uh, I'd have to look up his contract, but Duran. Yeah. You know what? Duran Harmon. I know he's 29. I think he could get a pretty, I know he's a, a free agent after this year. I think he could get a multi-year deal somewhere. I just, I don't He's know. I believe in, that's, that's exactly it, Jeremy. Like that kind of leadership will is going to be noted after this year, I believe. All right. and, and plus you can get a lot more tread out of a guy like Deron Harmon too, Chris, just because yeah. he does play like that deep middle of the field and everything. So he can have an extended career for Look, sure. Man, we, we, we talk about how it is, how good, how, how you need good corners in this league. Now safeties are just important and safety. I think is almost a little harder to find good safety some days. Mm-hmm. So not Jared Davis, everybody. That's that's what we just said. said. <laughs> no, okay. okay. No, no. Not Tease and Tabor. Well, let's since we're talking about Tease and uh, Tease. Uh, by the way, that is NFC Conference Champion Tease Tabor of 2019. 
Um, I apologize. But we mentioned Tabor and we mentioned Jared Davis. So here's your next one. Most likely to be remembered as the reason Quintricia. Who this is Quintricia? It's the Boston Boys. Thought we were doing Boston Boys. I know everyone else is doing Quintricia now, I guess. Fine, I guess we're doing Quintricia. This is like the Kenny G thing all over again. Uh, most likely to be the reason as the, as the reason Quintricia failed. I... I think it's Matt Patricia. I think Matt Patricia is going to sink them both. And I think it's his demeanor. I think it's his stubbornness in terms of what he believes is a way to win a football game and his relationship with some of the players. I think he drove out some of the best players this team had and he replaced them with a bunch of Patriots retreads who weren't as good, but fell in line. And that's, that's what sunk the team so quickly. And so unless, unless all these Former Patriots suddenly look like world beaters again, um, like they did in Foxborough. I think that's going to be the thing that, that, that sinks this team. Ryan? I think Bob Quinn is the guy to blame. The groceries that he bought. I mean, take a look at the drafts that he had for Jim Caldwell. He was, at best, I would say maybe 50-50. You can call the 2016 draft a win because you got a franchise left tackle and, and Taylor Decker you know, at, at 16th overall. But... That 2017 draft outside of Kenny Galladay was just a huge swing and a miss. Jared Davis, Tease Tabor. I mean, what 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 personnel decisions has Bob Quinn made that make you really go, wow, like that guy knows what wow. he's doing. Like he's never strung together consecutive transactions that are like, I, I really think that he knows what he's doing. I think the best move he probably ever made was the trade for Damon Harrison, and that lasted a half a year. <laughs> yeah. Drew? I'll go with an unwillingness to say no to friends is what's going to doom these guys. It's an unwillingness to say no to friends. Bob Quinn was unwilling to say no to Matt Patricia, I think, multiple times on signings, on draft picks. I I think that's absolutely true. And I think Matt Patricia's unwillingness to say no to Paul Pasqualani after year one is what's going to doom him. I, I think that team, even without Matthew Stafford, could have done significantly better last season, and we all wouldn't be so ready to get rid of the guy. I think it was an unwillingness to fire your old mentor and an unwillingness to say, no, Paul, no, this scheme is terrible and it doesn't work. No. It it was a bad idea. I think it's two guys who couldn't say no that are going to be remembered as the reason they're both going to be out of town at the end of the year. For me, I think it's going to be burning bridges. It, It started with all of us watching in shock as Bob Quinn and the Lions organization apparently started to quibble over just a million dollars with, with Calvin Johnson. And it has morphed from there into Patricia getting mad that Darius Slay is talking positively about other players on Instagram. Holy God, the, the, like, the, the evil of that to break kayfabe to let people know, hey, we've, you know, players have been playing against each other for so long and they respect each other. And no, no, oh no, we can't have players swapping jerseys. How dare you? And trying to act like it's still the 1970s out there and you're supposed to legitimately hate guys or something. Or it's all the other players that, you know, it's somehow that you've picked a fight somehow with, you know, made it a referendum about the Caldwell years that you couldn't that Caldwell put this team in the dumpster and you had to fight it, which then has brought all these players out of the woodworks to defend Caldwell from Dan Orlovsky to Indama Kinsu to 
all the times that Patricia's picked a fight with the media, all the times that he's just appeared stubborn. It's it's these uh, ship quandary digs out of town, all these fights, all these things where you can't take the personal out of it. I think that's what doomed it in the end, because it's doomed the reputation of the Lions. And that, if anything, is the biggest fault. All right. Final one here. We're wrapping up. I know we're kind of late. Got to get out of this. Most likely. Oh, God. Most likely to get a head coaching job next. So I'm sorry, Ryan, when you wrote this, were you talking about someone on the uh, the Lions that's going to get a head coaching go- job? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not. Yes. OK. I think it's Braden Crooms. Um, we, we've seen it. It's not. It's not common, but we've seen it happen with a special teams coordinator making the jump to head coach. It might not be this year, might not be next year, but I do believe he's a guy that, you know, if, if you've ever watched one of his past press conferences, you can you can tell he's energetic. He's he can speak well. He's a guy that that players are going to want to play for. You know, we, we just spend a lot of time talking about how we want in Detroit, a guy that, that that's a player's coach, a guy that'll motivate a guy that people get excited for. I think, I think Braden Coombs is kind of that young guy who, who has that potential. He just needs a little more, uh, he needs his resume built out a little more, but I mean, there, there's kind of slim pickings on this Lions coaching staff right now. So I think, uh, in a few years, Braden Coombs might be one of those guys that you see on a lot of, uh, potential coaches list. Brian, two quick answers. One, Kyle Kasky, just because we're pride of Detroit. I mean, <laughs> you got to give him a little Paying rub, right? Back. Paying sure. that back, yeah. Um, but the, the real answer is Daryl Bevel, because if Patricia gets fired, that's who's going to be the Lions interim head coach. <laughs> that counts. I guess it does. Yep. Drew? Uh, Chase Daniel. Damn it. You <laughs> took my answer. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. No, I'm going to go with you there. Chase Daniel. Yes, absolutely. Like the guy's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's given out scholarships to kids from Texas to go to Mizzou. Like, I mean, you look, you look at his whole career, both in college and what he's done off the field too. Like he's angling to get on that, like coach assistant positional coach track to get into the NFL. I think. Look at the guys that he has been a backup quarterback for. Look at guys he's held a clipboard for. This is a guy who's grooming himself to go from backup QB to QB coach to head coach. That's his path. Mm-hmm. I agree. Totally 100% agree with everything there. One, one more name I want to throw out there is yeah. Robert Prince, wide receivers coach. Super fun to watch when he's out there in practice. Guy that the, the one guy in the Lions organization that Calvin Johnson still respects. Uh, and he's been around this organization like he has a ton, a ton, a ton of experience. It kind of surprises me. Maybe he doesn't have the, you know, the desire to be a coordinator or or a head coach, but I think he has absolutely the personality for it. Absolutely. And I think that's where we end it there. Once again, thank you, Big Drew at Big Drew tweets. Big Drew and Jim on WMAX FM 96.1 ESPN in Grand Rapids and uh, RIP to WDFN in Detroit, where I used to be able to hear them, but you can still hear them online. So look for them there. It's a it's a fun show. Uh, you do. You guys do four hours, right? Uh, yeah, three, four, something. It depends on the day. Uh, a lot of the time yeah. we get interrupted by live programming coming on at six and we're like, yeah. we'll get out of the way. We'd rather have you guys listen to live sports than us talk about live sports. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like I, I, four hour shows can be rough to do, especially if you're doing it every day. That's a lot. So props to you guys doing that. Oh, thank so, you very much. I drink yeah. a lot of caffeine and, uh, don't sleep much. 
Well, that, that works for all of us here. Uh, to my, <laughs> along with me again, I'm Christopher Fett at Christopher Fett on Twitter, P E R F E T T. Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. Ryan Matthews, our rock god, at Ryan underscore P O D. Always download the podcast, watch us when we're live on Twitch, watch the replay on YouTube. And as always, we'll see you next week. And as I say, see you, Starside. <laughs>to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today